Hey, I'm Ayaka Spencer, and I love fandom. I love the writing, some of which I create, the art, none of which I create, and the many aspects that make it up. With the pandemic in full swing, I decided the best way not to go crazy was to start a podcast around it. This one, Down the Fandom Hole, Conversations With. So putting on my big girl bra, I took a chance and reached out to other fandom creators, asking if they would like to share their voice and experiences around it. Amazingly, most of them have said yes. So taking a moment, we sit down and chat about topics like creativity, taking risks, self-care, and many more. I am humbled that I got to chat with all of these brilliant and interesting creators from around the world, and it has only cemented my belief that fandom can also be a bridge and common ground to inclusivity. We are all valid, and fandom helps us envision worlds in which we are. God, isn't fandom fucking amazing? Anyway, to keep me from rambling on, let's get this show started. On today's episode, I sit down for a conversation with Jazzfordshire, where we talk creativity, what it's like having a mom who loves all your stories, and what it was like that very first time she posted her very first fanfiction. Also, while listening to today's guest, check out the free companion post on patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. There you'll find some art, if the guest is an artist, and some other fun tittles of information. So, to get this party started, why don't you tell us a little bit about how long you've been writing? I've been writing fanfic for about three years now. I think I started December 2017, um, but I've been reading it since I was 11. So I've been participating in fandom for a really long time. Uh, at the moment, Supercorp is what my brain is stuck on. So that's what I read and write. Uh, but in the past, I've been into other pairings. I just didn't create for them. This is kind of my first run at being a creator, I guess. So I'm pretty new to being a writer. Uh, it's honestly still a little strange to call myself that because uh, it, it wasn't really a part of my self-identity till I was like 25, but just happy to be here making stuff. Wow. And you can pull out such long chapters. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I, it takes me forever to be able to write 1500 words. And here you are blowing out 12,000. You know, she do it? I've always been like that. Even when I was in university, I would overblow my word counts a lot. I had actually... <laughs> Um, a prof who gave me a project without a word count once um, and she was like yeah just write however much you think you need so I oh, gave her 9,000 words uh-huh. and the most people handed in two and so she gave me 100% and said don't ever do that again <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really have always been like this TM so <laughs> I mean it, but it offers so much um, visual imagery for your work and you know there's just there's no you're like, I wonder what's going on. You're like, you know what's going on because it's just so well written out and visually done well. Like you can go, oh my God, I can ma- imagine that just perfectly. Well, thank you. And I'm like, oh. That's because yes. I think in pictures. Like when I when I write, I'm kind of I'm visualizing the scene in my head and just transcribing what's happening basically. So that's, that's probably where that comes from. But thank you. That's really good because like I'm building the picture as I'm writing it. And I'm like, I just don't know what I just wrote. This sucks. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm basically just a person at the edge of like a movie scene with a clipboard frantically taking notes. That's, that's the way oh. I write. <laughs> so is that part of your writing process or is there anything else that's part of your writing process? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that, it, that is a big part of my writing process. I tend to, when I write, 
write like I'm writing whenever I can get time basically so a lot of times I'll just like I'll be working or doing something boring and then like a scene hits my brain like a meteor and I'm like oh, and I have to like write the basics of it down in the notes app on my phone while it's still in my head so it usually just starts from like I can see something in my head and I take basic notes on it and then later I have to go back and like flesh the whole scene and bring it back to my brain again. A lot of times I focus on dialogue first. Yeah, that's a that's a common um kind of writing process that I've uh read about like just do the dialogue first yeah. and then fill it in with all the excess. And- yeah, cuz the, the conversation is really what's happening primarily a lot of the time and then the stuff that's happening around it kind of fills itself in as I read over the dialogue. <laughs> So how long does it usually take you to write a chapter, if you don't mind saying? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it really depends on my mood and the fic that I'm writing. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there are times when I've written like 30,000 words in two days, and there are times when I write like 5,000 words in a month. So it's, I have no real like control necessarily over how much I write and when, but I would say on average, I can usually sit down and get like a thousand words in three hours-ish if I'm like focusing solely on writing and feeling particularly productive. If I'm really inspired by what I'm writing, it can be considerably more. (laughs) So what made you want to write? You said you started it young and, you know, was it because the writing for Supergirl was bad or (laughs) because you just wanted to create stories that you're like, I want to create a vampire AU where... (laughs) you know, Lena absorbs the power of Kara or, um, you know, or someone who randomly asks somebody to kiss her three times <laughs> and doesn't realize it. Yeah. Um, I, getting writing for me was getting started in writing was kind of strange because I didn't, I didn't want to write necessarily. I, it was actually something that never really entered my mind as a possibility for me. So I, like I said, I started reading fanfic when I was really young, like 11. Um, I was reading Harry Potter fanfiction primarily because I was 11. And at the time, that was all I cared about. Who was your um, ship then? Oh, this is going to be controversial. <laughs> when I was 11, I was into Harry Hermione, which uh, I know is a big, it's a big swing. Most people were into Ron Hermione. But I, I realize now that it's because I really wanted to kiss Hermione and I wanted to process it through the point of view character and not Ron. <laughs> I was like, the story's from Harry's point of view. So, like, that's what I want to be experiencing, right? But I didn't necessarily Uh realize it at the time. Uh, I was probably about 12 when I realized that fanfiction existed for, like, sapphic pairings. And it blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the first... The first femme slash pairing I ever read was Ginny and Luna. And it was just like... Oh, from Harry Potter? Yeah, it was just... I was 12 at the time. It was just like this little, like, one-off. And I was like, wait, they can do that? Like, like, fiction exists for this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I never really looked back. I found, like, little communities on LiveJournal and stuff for random shows that I liked at the time. And then I eventually got Tumblr because of Glee, which was... I was 11th grade, I think, when I got Tumblr. I was a victim of the Glee era. (laughs) Impacted me on a fundamental (laughs) level. And I sort of transitioned into Swan Queen when I got to university. And then uh, after that, it was I was kind of into Supercorp. So I'm kind of a a serial fandom monogamist. But uh, I read a ton for like 15, 16 years. And I've always had sort of the habit of making up random scenes in my head whenever I'm bored. Like Mm -hmm. whenever my mind wanders, I just grab characters that I like and just create random scenes to occupy my brain. But for some reason, I never connected that with writing. (laughs) Like I just had this perception that I was bad at writing fiction. So I just never tried. Um, So I read a lot. I kind of lurked on the outskirts of fandom. And um, I actually sort of dipped out of the Supergirl fandom like mid-season two. 
as mm -hmm. I saw where they were going with Monel and I was bored by it. <laughs> I just stopped watching and I hadn't really engaged much with the fandom at that point because it was still like mid season two. It was, it was almost non-existent, but I ended up sort of idly scrolling through the tag like a year later and I read all of Seabiscuit's work and that sort of like hooked me back into Supergirl. I was like, oh man, they got some good stuff here. But um, eventually I ran out of stuff that I wanted to read. Uh, and I was, at the time I was working at a library and I remember vividly, I was processing a copy of Titanic into the collection. And suddenly my brain was like, Supercorp Titanic AU. And that was, all, <laughs> that was like all I could think about for the whole day. And I looked for it uh -huh. on AO3, but I didn't really find anything. And I was like, having the, I was like, okay, now what? So I sat at the front desk, like scribbling down moments and like characters that were happening in my head in this notebook. And I got home and told it all to my girlfriend. And I was like, well, that's my idea. Too bad. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and she was like, why don't you just write it? And I was like, I can't do that. You can't, I can't just write things, Sarah. You have to be a writer to write things. I can't just <laughs> write it. Um, but I ended up sort of writing the first two chapters in like a fugue state in a day and a half. And I threw the first one up on AO3 before I could talk myself out of it. And then I got mm -hmm. comments, which was like crazy to me. So I put up the next one and then people like kept asking for more of it. So I ended up writing the whole 65K in like three weeks. And because wow. I, I was like, I was high on this like handful of comments that I was getting. And I was like, clearly I fooled all of these people into thinking that I'm a writer. Uh, and then it just <laughs> sort of spiraled basically. I just kind of kept doing it. So did you have any fear of rejection or has you have you ever had the fear of rejection? Because it sounds like it was pretty like boom, 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 public. It was, it was kind of a, a whirlwind. Um, and I, it was, it, it, the, the idea of writing and then publishing my first fic happened all within the span of like two days. So it, I didn't really have much time to overthink it, but once it was up, I was terrified that I was just throwing, you know, garbage up on AO3 and people were going to tell me that it was a terrible adaptation of their favorite movie of all time, you know, because Titanic is a, is a pretty big one to swing for right out the gate you know it's a it's a big it's a big one and I, I could have woofed it pretty easily but yeah I definitely was absolutely terrified for the first I don't know probably year that I was writing and I I would I would write a new fit because I was doing mostly one shots in the first year because that's all that I was comfortable writing I was like I can't build I can't build a plot like I can't do that so I was just doing one shots and I was consistently terrified that like the next one I posted was going to be the one that everyone hated. I was like, okay, it's, I've hit my peak. This is it. Everyone's going to hate the next one. And then no one's going to care anymore. Uh, and it just kind of never happened. And then as time went on and I kind of like made friends in the fandom who were also writers that I really admired at the time who were telling me that like, no, you're like pretty good. I thought, I, you thank you. <laughs> I caught more confidence in what I was writing, I guess. Um, and in my, and my skills, I guess, as a writer. And I'm at the point now where I sometimes get nervous if I'm writing something that's outside of my comfort zone, like with Vampire AU, with it has this huge plot and there was no smut, which is kind of what I was known for for a time until like 90K in. And I was like, people are gonna hate this, but it, I mean, people ended up liking it. Or like I wrote an angst fic for the first time and I was like, people are gonna hate it. And then um, I got mostly nice comments on it. So. Anytime I write something that I'm sort of unfamiliar with, I definitely get the the terror that it's going to be the thing that people detest. But um, yeah, for for generally speaking, I've gotten more confident in myself as a writer, but I'm, I have a lot of imposter syndrome, as I think most writers do. 
That's true. You're always worried. Is this the one that's going to basically burn? Yeah, hell? like <laughs> so far, I've done hasn't. pretty well so far, but this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. So do you have any advice to people who are, like you said, you felt like you weren't a writer you, and you still have an inkling of imposter syndrome. Oh what would you say to someone who wants to write and has the same sort of feelings that you do? Um, I mean, just write it. You know, like, that's, uh, that's basically what I did was my, my girlfriend sort of gently bullied me into <laughs> being like, just write it. And then I did. And I, I found that I was decent at it. And more than that, that I really enjoyed it, that I enjoyed sort of getting this story that was stuck in my head. And that was literally occupying all of my thought, um, getting it out and being able to read it basically, instead of just reliving the scene over and over in my head um, was really rewarding. So I would say, like if you want to be a writer like there's clearly stories that you want to tell so tell those stories and tell them for yourself first of all and then um you know show them to other people and there's always going to be someone out there even if it's just one person who is like yes this is what i'm looking for <laughs> and they're going to be really nice to you about it i actually um have a friend who started writing really recently and she she's been my friend for a while but she she had the same perception i did that she was like she reads a ton but she was like i can't write like why would i write i'm not a writer and i kept telling her like this is exactly what i thought and now i have been writing for three years and i've written like eight hundred thousand words so <laughs> like you you can be a writer you just have to you just have to start and writing is a muscle and you know, you can mm -hmm. start out with like writing noodle arms like I did. And eventually you'll be writing books. <laughs> so you just have to keep flexing it. You have to keep working at it. And I mean, even I, I look back at the stuff that I wrote three years ago and it's, it seems like a completely different writer wrote it to me mm -hmm. because I've, I've grown in that three years. And I'm sure that three years from now, I'm going to look back at like vampire at you and be like, who was this person? I don't, I don't know her <laughs> because my writing is going to seem so different. So yeah, just, just do it um, is basically what I'm saying, <laughs> which I think is what everyone says to people who want to become writers. And it's, it's difficult to actually take that advice, but no, but the more you yeah. hear it, it's always like, better because that means just more people are yeah, like, for it. just do it. Coming okay. from me, I've, I've written a considerable amount in the last three years and uh, you can literally just start writing. Just do it. Just start writing. Write a Titanic AU. <laughs> Go for it. Whatever you want, exactly. just write it. If it's not there. That's it means it's your job exactly, to write. Exactly. Maybe it's up to you if you want to Fill take that mantle. So, how like how does your family react to you being a fanfic? Oh writer? yeah. Um, I mean, uh, my mom's really proud of me. <laughs> she didn't really know what fanfiction was necessarily before I told her about it, but I she has me like read her my comments sometimes. And she's uh -huh. like, people are so nice, and she's she's read some of my writing because my girlfriend gave it. My Not girlfriend gave her the link. <laughs> So does she stry stay away from the smut oh, stuff? No, or, like, no she, she doesn't. Like <laughs> she, I mean, she reads, she's read romance novels and erotica since I was a kid. Like it's, that's never been something that, like I grew up in a really open, <laughs> really open environment. I was, that's part of why writing smut and writing sort of unrepentant desire comes really easily to me because I, it was never something that I was made to feel was bad. Um, That's and good. my mom has always been really open about it. And my mom's super chill. And so she, I told her I was writing erotica and she was like, That's fantastic. Let me read it. 
I was like, I mean, maybe you should because you read Fifty Shades of Grey and didn't hate it. So <laughs> you, should, you should read things that are that are better than that, Mom. Um, my sister is like is really tickled by the fact that I write erotica. Um, I mean, my <laughs> boss knows. <laughs> she was like, yeah, like everyone's really, really encouraging. I think that firstly, fan, fan fiction has become more, ma- not mainstream necessarily, but more like known about. So when uh-huh. I was 11, you did not talk about reading fan fiction. But now it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of like more normalized. So it's not too difficult well, to, yeah. to talk about. And older people are doing it too, like. 50s exactly and... yeah like I met people at Clexicon who were you know, like in their in their 50s and they were like yeah I love your writing and I'm like great give me a hug um <laughs> yeah so I mean my family thinks it's hilarious <laughs> basically they think it's it's funny that I have like this weird online pseudonym where I <laughs> write erotica for a CW show <laughs> <laughs> which is like if you take that perspective it is kind of a funny thing to learn about your daughter but <laughs> they think it's great and that's good. I know some people who are like, my parents don't need to know. Yeah, yeah. It really all depends on your on your on the boundaries you have with your family. I'm definitely not sharing it with yeah, my family. Right? Like it, it I'm like, depends no. entirely on the relationship and the boundaries that you have. My mom and I have no boundaries. And my dad, I'm just like, Yeah, I write erotica. And he's like, gross. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but his girlfriend thinks it's really funny. Um, <laughs> So yeah, most people are just like, oh, I didn't realize you could do that. That's that's like kind of cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, I have like Supercorp stickers all over my laptop, so it's not like I'm being blasé about it. <laughs> people are like, oh, you like Supergirl? And I'm like, well, I like two of the characters. <laughs> and I like it when they kiss. <laughs> it's more like a specific pairing that's not real and might yeah, never be I canon. love all of the, I've adopted all of the characters and completely abandoned the show, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm semi looking forward to seeing what happens in season. Oh yeah, six. like I still want to see what happens. Obviously, I just I find it very stressful to watch live. Basically, I need to know already <laughs> what's happened before I watch it. So basically, it's Netflix. Yeah, worthy. pretty much. Like now that once I know what to expect and I'm not going to be disappointed, then then I'll watch it. <laughs> I just can't watch it live. It's too stressful. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if they became canon, but like it's going to be the end of the show. It's going to be like, eh, boom. Gone. Yeah. And they have kind of DC like holding the back of their leash a little bit. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily know what's going to happen at the end, but whatever it is, we'll see Katie McGraw on our screens for one more season. And that isn't yeah, that what we're all here episodes? for. Most of us. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. true. It would be nice if she got her own show, like the Lena Luther show, but what would that be no about? Idea. Just uh, her and Lex getting up to shenanigans. This trick consistently trying to yeah. take each other down, <laughs> and with no super and the, with no um, superheroes to quell their yeah. crazy. Yeah, that um. would, <laughs> she would be unhinged. <laughs> Where's my yeah, sunshine? Exactly. <laughs> Who would she talk to if not Kara? Exactly. Now that you've written so much and you've kind of gone into this habit of maybe feeling like a writer finally is it something you'd like to pursue professionally or is it something you just want to keep as a side hobby and just have it as like a decompressor you know people ask me that a lot whether I would consider publishing or being a professional writer and I I just think it would be too stressful for me honestly to to rely completely monetarily on my own creativity 
because it does like it dries mm -hmm. up sometimes i i go through periods of sometimes even months where i don't write anything because i just don't i just don't feel inspired or i burn myself out um writing something before and i think that it would be honestly just too stressful <laughs> to do that and right now literally all my brain will let me write is supercorp so if i did anything that was quote unquote original fiction it would just be supercorp with the names changed <laughs> which if i'm gonna do that i might as well just make it a supercorp fic you know um, i would want it to be like original fiction and that's not something that's necessarily coming easily to my brain at this point and besides that i, I have a I day job uh, that I really like, you know, I, I spent like $40,000 on tuition to get a master's <laughs> degree in my field. So I kind of don't want to waste it in a way uh, to uh, keep working uh -huh. the job that I have. And, and writing is something that's really soothing and relaxing for me. So I, I, I would prefer to keep it that way, but I'm not completely not open to publishing someday. You're completely not open <laughs> to not publishing. There's a lot of next So yes, you're open uh, to it. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you just have to write a book yeah, that's all. and it's not like you have to live off of it. right? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I, I feel like most books, no matter what they are, even if they are original content, you could easily change them into a fandom work. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. For the most part, people's characterizations of their characters could be, you know, inspired by Clark Kent. <laughs> If that's that's helpful, why not give it a try? Yeah, I, I considered know. it. I mean, I have like I um I actually when I was in university, I um I had a class. It was like I, I was majoring in classics and medieval studies, and I had a class under medieval studies that was Middle Ages on film. And one of our assignments was to make a pitch for a movie that was set in the medieval period. And I pitched like a Knight's Tale esque anachronistic like lesbian rom com centered on Marie de Franck, who's a medieval writer. <laughs> Uh, no one really knows anything about her other than her work and her name um, and her poems and stories to me read as extremely gay. And so I wrote this like gay rom-com about her. And my prof was like, oh, you should make it into a novel. And I was like, eh, I can't write fiction. That's never going to happen. So, <laughs> Which in retrospect is really funny because I wrote an actual Knight's Tale AU. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I have like, you know, occasionally original fiction ideas occur to me. I just, I, I don't necessarily have the energy to put into them when all of my energy right now is just wants Supercorp to kiss on the mouth, you know? <laughs> yes, that is nice, right? All those good ones. Uh, which one of the works you've done so far is your favorite? Hmm. It kind of depends on what aspect of it I'm talking about, I guess. Um, I think Vampire You is like the, my biggest stab in the dark because it, it, I've put, I think, the most effort into it. Um, of anything that I've written because it's it's wildly outside of my comfort zone so it's uh, of the things I'm writing right now it's my favorite I think overall my favorite is probably 70s AU the one I wrote where Car is a housewife um, uh -huh. because that was the first time that I really had um, written something that I thought had like meaning besides just mm -hmm you know, Supercorp in various romantic scenarios. Like I, I felt like I was maybe reaching for something that was not quite within my toolbox at the time. Uh, I think I, I probably, I could have made it better like looking back on it now, but it, it was the first time that I really tried to go for something that was, that had any kind of deeper meaning on any level. Um, so I, I think that's the one I'm proudest of. The one that I think is the most fun to read is Small Town at You. <laughs> 
<laughs> because it's just it's just my hometown with like super girl super girl characters in it which is <laughs> i i loved writing it and i i still enjoy reading it so what are the name of these fics so um vampire you is uh i know you don't believe it's you i've waited for 70s au is i believe you can get me through the night which is a quote from dreamweaver <laughs> which is my favorite. <laughs> I, I think that song is actually from the 80s, but it just gives me such a 70s vibe. Um, and Small Town AU is uh, There's a Big Old Moon Shining Down at Night because I'm that person that makes all of my fic titles song lyrics in lowercase. Hey, man, it works. it works, it works. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at thinking of titles, so I'm like, I'll just find a song. Makes it easy. You what? Okay, so I'm bad at making titles because I have a fic called A Fine Frenzy, and literally every fourth chapter has its own title, and everything else is like part one. Part oh my two, god, why would three. you do that to yourself? And so basically, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like doing it, but the thing was, it was it was only supposed to be like a one shot, and then I just kept adding things, and then I'm like, oh, this is kind of going here now, so I gave it a title, and then I put part two, part one, part two, part three again. <laughs> And I just, I'm like, okay, this is like a theme just now, continues. so I have to keep it. <laughs> okay, <infinity>. whatever. <laughs> At least yours has some meaning. Mine's <laughs> is just like, I am lame ass. Yeah, I'm so, the title comes absolutely dead last when I'm writing because, and often I actually have to get my friends to make them up for me. <laughs> I'm like, read this and tell me what you think the title should be because I can't think of it. <laughs> so what got you into writing Smut? Um, I think... With Smut, it's uh, one of the things that I've always looked for in any fandom that I've been in, but haven't always necessarily found, is Smut that checks all of my very specific personal boxes. <laughs> I mean, I have a mm -hmm. lot of boxes that I like to be ticked. And uh, I obviously, I still enjoy Smut that doesn't get every box, but I very rarely found, like, the holy grail for my personal tastes. And when I started mm -hmm. writing, I, was, I ended up being really pleased at the time with how the smut in Titanic AU came out. And it was, that was kind of like my first shot at it. And I felt satisfied with how that ended up. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll write a smut fic. <laughs> so I kind of just tried my hand at it. And then I wrote a couple more and they seemed to kind of take off. And at the time when I first started writing three years ago, we had a lot less smut than we do now. Now we have a ton of smut. It's, and a lot of it's really great. Mm -hmm. um, but I think at the time there was a lot less. So people were nicer about it. <laughs> it just sort of continued. Um, I think generally that smut and erotica are really important types of media and they often get sort of maligned or at least they aren't, they aren't really allowed to be mm -hmm. mainstream uh, unless it's like Fifty Shades of Grey, which mm -hmm. is the opposite of what, I, what I want in erotica. But especially <laughs> for, for queer people, our desire and sexuality are so often ignored or actively looked down on mm -hmm. like we're we're often so disconnected from desire especially women and non-binary people because we have that extra layer of being socialized to believe that our desire isn't bad is bad so showing like mm -hmm. open joyful healthy sex and fiction especially fan fiction whereas which is a lot of people who are marginalized find their experiences reflected in fan fiction rather than published fiction is important to me i guess and over time i've started trying to incorporate more like realism I, no one writes 100 mm -hmm. realistic smut like we're all here for the fantasy uh, to a certain extent but right. little things like uh, uh, like um, someone recently thanked me for including stretch marks in one of my fix in a way that's like positive and desirable or like nipple sensitivity or people who aren't into penetration like things like that 
I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on stuff like that. And that's kind of what mm -hmm. keeps me writing it because like I can show people that the way that their bodies work or the way that they feel desire is good and they should, they, they should do it openly. <laughs> they don't have to, they don't have to be ashamed of the way that they feel or the way that their body is. And I've had a lot of people like thanking me because they see things that don't necessarily occur in smut or in like mainstream media and it makes them feel like they're not weird <laughs> so that's I, I kind of got started just because I wanted to see those things in smut and wasn't seeing them and I continued because I got the feedback of other people being like yeah same please keep going <laughs> yeah I think that's also what makes your writing so great is it's the little details that most people would just overlook and not put into the story because it's like you know what do you what does it matter if the person has stretch marks well to some people yeah. it matters a lot or you know the way you write the sex and the smut it's just there's a realisticness to it that is also fantasy yeah. based if i'm not yeah pushing no it, it, it is it's, but, it's like a it's the fantasy of what we all want sex to be i think <laughs> or that that feeling exactly. of sort of connections um i like i think that smut in a lot of ways can be healing uh, like i've always found that in a Mm -hmm. in my life and I like sort of pursuing it even in the ones that aren't just porn without plot <laughs> you know I generally don't write things that don't have sex <laughs> in them except for the, uh, the the two things that I've written for the zine which had to be rated t but even the the first scene fic that I did that had to be rated t I wrote a smutty like sequel on the AO3 so <laughs> it's honestly very difficult for me. I'm giving you yeah, the exactly. sex you want it's, just in the, it's in the sequel go look for it <laughs> So whose point of view do you like to write from, Lena or Kara's? Uh, I I like writing from both. I think I think of of all of my stuff, I have written from Lena's a little bit more, but I, I have like 32 fics and I've written I've definitely written from both of their perspectives and I find that it kind of depends on the fic that I'm writing, like on what what I'm going for with the story that I'm telling. Like Vampire You mm -hmm. makes sense to go back and forth because it's about an overarching story and not about the journey of a single character. It's about both of their journeys coming together. So I, I do a lot of alternating. <laughs> um, but Small Town mm -hmm. of You is about Lena's journey. And so I, I wrote it from her point of view. And I, I think that I relate to different parts of both characters. Um, so I, I like, I really like both, honestly. Uh, I think that as an overall person, I probably relate to Kara more, but I, I like watching Lena as a character. <laughs> I like watching her develop and, and like the complexity that Lena has as a character. I really enjoy that. So I don't necessarily relate to it and I find her a little more difficult um, and challenging to write, but I, I think that she's still really fascinating to to sort of deep dive into um when i'm writing her traumas specifically are <laughs> are many and um they make for really interesting writing i think oh yeah definitely you, uh, sometimes i feel like when i write lena and Kara that i can get more out of lena than yeah. i can Kara, even though you know Kara herself isn't so bad i just don't feel like i feel like you have to add too much sometimes yeah, it, to make her into a yeah, more I, viable I mean, character, even though yeah, she's like yeah. the main and star I, of the I show. Mean, I saw season one first, so like I, I really liked the show before Lena even came in. Um, I like I binged it like three times in a row before season two had even started, um, and I was deeply interested in Kara as a character already in season one. She's uh, in season one. She's very like 
layered. She's allowed to be angry. She's allowed to be sad. Like she, she has a lot of complexity and they haven't really taken advantage of it necessarily in the later seasons. Like she has this background of being a very complex character with a lot of anger and they just didn't, they just haven't used it recently. Um, and so people tend to, I think, um, have more difficulty sort of getting into the deeper parts of Kara. Like they tend to to stick to who she is on the surface, which is, I mean, she, she's like funny. <laughs> she's, she's intelligent and goofy. And she's, she has a lot of incredible qualities that I personally like, I like to, to write definitely, but it's harder to get into the deeper parts of her backstory because they're not explored on the show. Um, no, they're not. It's like Lena came in, she stole the show. Yeah, but it was yeah, still and, she, and Lena, they've given a lot of heavy emotional content and background. Like they've got her whole like family trauma, they've got her trust issues, all of it's out in the open. And so it's very easy to take that and put it in fiction. But with Kara, it's all restricted to season one, basically, all of her development. And um, a lot of people that I know even didn't watch season one, they started watching because Lena came in. <laughs> You know, everyone follows mm-hmm. the show for Katie McGraw, right? Like, she's sapphic catnip. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so a lot of people just skip season <laughs> one, and that's where Kara has all of her really interesting development. So I think that that's a, one of the things that I'm really enjoying in the vampire AU that I'm writing is is getting into Kara, actually. It is nice. You're, you're giving her yeah. more of a life than she's yeah. had throughout the show itself, which, you know... If you really, if like thinking about it now, it sounds like she actually has more ability to be played with because she's such a blank slate almost, even though for the first season, it sounds like she had uh, oh, a ton. more richer yeah, I mean, the whole, characterization. So the whole Red K episode, you know, <laughs> was a huge for Kara complexity. And um, I mean, a lot of people didn't watch it or mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah, Red K, Kara sexy, which is true, but... <laughs> It's also a really great episode for just the complexity of her character, but they they just ignored it as soon as it went to the CW to make her sort of a more palatable main character, I think. But I uh, to answer your initial question, not... I like them both <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> no, but that's good. I if you can get into the characters themselves as a writer, that's definitely. Um allows you more play with them as far as in my opinion more play to be able to characterize them in a way that's more relatable to many people and you you're doing like an awesome job with the whole uh, (laughs) vampire (laughs) au (laughs) are you kind of like a mono focus writer where you have one story or do you oh i have whips in progress a dozen whips in progress (laughs) I have I have a folder with like 26 <laughs> different files of all just ideas that I have that are partially written or that have like a couple of sentences about what I want to write. Generally, I work on two to three at once. I don't I don't usually go beyond mm-hmm. three. I'm working on three right now. Um, but I find that if I work on a single fic, I get myself burnt out a lot more easily. Uh, so I, I just... Mm-hmm not necessarily get bored with it, but I, I write too much in the same universe. And then I just, I'm just like, well, I don't want to write this anymore. <laughs> so I just stopped writing completely. So it's, it's easier <laughs> for me to like jump around uh, to keep my attention span because attention span is a big issue for me. <laughs> Sometimes I will be, I will have three different docs open and I'll be jumping between them like in one writing session. Oh yeah. I've done that yeah. too. Sometimes it's a burnout though. <laughs> 
like constantly changing like if you have like a dark yeah. fic you're writing and then you're writing a super light fic you're like I, I, it's like whiplash <laughs> yeah. as far as well, I, I have go. like one dark fic so <laughs> my tone tends to be rom-com yeah generally rom-coms are fun lighter tones they're um, they're like you can do stupid things with them and you're like this isn't possible well, yeah, I'm just gonna put I it mean, in there life no is stressful what. enough I find it really 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 draining to write things that are he- really heavy mm-hmm. and dark um, which is why Vampire is taking so long because a lot of it is very light toned but I'm getting to parts that are a lot darker and it's it's like really draining to write characters in pain because then I'm in pain because I'm trying to mm-hmm. experiencing trying mm-hmm. to experience the emotions that they're experiencing so that I can write it down and then I'm just tired so uh, yeah that, that also helps is having a lot of sort of lighthearted, silly fix to write um, instead of just focusing on the dark ones. I wrote one angst fic and it took me a year. <laughs> and it was not that long. It was like 12, 15k <laughs> words. And I was like, I can't do this again. Yeah. That's long. I'm sure it's, that's like short for me. That's like a chapter. Yeah. I just, I'm lucky. just too wordy. Let me just shut up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There's no need for uh, brevity, please. Thank you. Your work is awesome. I so, want to do one thing well. <laughs> so I think if I venture off somewhere else, I might fail, and that would be that, that would be difficult for me. <laughs> so, let's take it back a little bit and be a little angsty or more self carry. What are you doing right now? Because the pandemic is still raging; it's mm-hmm. not really settling down at all. You know, how are you dealing with it, and what are you doing to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, oh, especially right now? <laughs> I mean, writing is something that I do to distract myself, definitely. So if I'm, if I really need a distraction, then often I'll just like pull up a new idea and start writing it. Um, I take a lot of bubble baths. <laughs> something that calms me down. Having, having my girlfriend around is really, really helpful. It was, it's been really stressful because she's an essential worker. So even when I was locked down and my, my job was like, I was laid off and my job was closed and I wasn't going anywhere and being really safe. She had to go to work every day. Whenever she's home, it's like, everything just settles. (laughs) And I feel, I feel better. I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Um, But now I'm working from home again. Um, At least for now, I might get like laid off or redeployed or something because Ontario is in lockdown again, but she still has to go to work. And so I have to find these ways to like, help myself focus and not just worry when I'm at home. Um, Podcasts are really helpful. So, I mean, this is great. (laughs) Um, Listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of music. I play a lot of video games. What's your favorite game? Uh, My favorite game is probably Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it's my favorite time period with a buff Greek lesbian protagonist. So. Oh, oh, is that Evil or something? Um, no, um, that's the that's the newest Assassin's Creed game, which is Avor. This is uh, Cassandra. Okay, is from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. She's she she Cassandra is the first time really that I've looked at a piece of media and with no like edits have just been like yes gender goals <laughs> that that is what I want to be it's Cassandra <laughs> so that was really refreshing that's probably for that reason alone that's probably my favorite game um but I also really like Mass Effect I replay the entire Mass Effect trilogy every year basically mm-hmm. sometimes twice a year uh same with Dragon Age the Dragon Age trilogy I play I play consistently once a year um what else do I like 
my girlfriend and I have very different tastes in video games. She likes uh, like Tomb Raider and like action adventure type stuff. I really like The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Did you watch uh, the Netflix show? I did. Jennifer is A plus. <laughs> Jennifer is such a good character. I I wasn't uh, super sold on the casting of Geralt in the show. I think they could have done better, but um, I really love the casting of basically all of the women. So that kind of balances it out. Well, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And it, you really don't care about The Witcher, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I, I watch it for you know it's fun. It's a fun <laughs> fantasy show. It's uh it's run by a woman, so it's better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> and that's all I need. Game of Thrones <laughs> is trash. Um. I like like Stardew Valley, like farming sims. Those I find those really soothing. <laughs> oh, I heard I I heard about that one. I do. Yeah. Um, I play Animal Crossing right now. That's pretty yes. much the extent of my game playing. Animal Crossing kind of got me through the first leg of the pandemic. <laughs> I think it got everyone through the first leg of the pandemic. Well, honestly. you know, it's nice. It's like cartoony. It's, yeah, it's easy. Now it's I barely awesome. play it, but you know, I still log on and- daily. My best friend is an octopus named Marina, and she's pink, and I love her. <laughs> she, every, every night she goes to the town square and sings a little song. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. The first time she did it, the first time, like, the little Marina, like, squid character went to the square and started singing this little squeaky song, I started to cry. <laughs> and, like, my girlfriend believed me mercilessly for it because I was crying over a fictional squid. But <laughs> just really cute she was wearing a little sweater and i just couldn't handle it and she just keeps doing it now yeah she just she goes and honks the, the happy little song i love oh, it do you still play yeah yeah every so often i i go on and see what updates they have i think i last played around christmas because i was like oh snow yeah, <laughs> i'm excited to see what the winter updates were i keep trying to build the perfect snow boy so i can get the diys yeah, I'm no, I'm not good at getting all those achievement type stuff. That's my girlfriend is really set on you know completionism in terms mm-hmm. of video games. She she's a hundred percenter type person. I'm like, I just want to see the story and make some friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like a I'm like a mixture of both. I think I want like I want to try to make it hundred percent because I want to know what I can make. And then I'm like, oh, it's always fun to make friends. Yeah, so, but I, I also like, as I'm playing Stardew Valley, I'm like, man, this would make a good super club video. You. you should. <laughs> you Just know? do it. Just make video games. Yeah. I mean, Kendrine <laughs> yeah. wrote a Witcher, Witcher one. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. And um, Nerevoth is also writing a Witcher one, which is like, it's it's super fun to make video games. I've, I've it's sort of briefly considered like a Dragon Age universe AU, but it would just be so complicated that it would take a long time to plan. So it's not, it's not even something that's like on my horizon, but it's something I think about when I play. Right. Everything can be made into a fandom of oh another God, yeah. fandom. Why not? That's, yeah. It's, and my, there's just this little part of my brain that's always whispering. Super cool. So... <laughs> I wanted so to make a Lucifer AU as just making Lena and Kara each of the characters instead. I thought yeah. it was cute. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'll do it. But and it doesn't help that my <laughs> girlfriend's an enabler. So we'll be watching something and Supercorp won't even be on my mind for the first time in three days. And she's like, make a good AU. And I'm like, don't you dare. <laughs> Sounds like she's she's got your back. <laughs> yeah, she does. She, she barely even reads Supercorp. Like she reads my stuff and, and she'll, she'll sometimes read things that I send her if I really like them, but she's mostly clicks a person. So she does it just to like, <laughs> just to get me to write things, you know? So you draw inspiration from pretty much anywhere with your stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I write a lot of um, a, a fair amount of like movie AUs because I'll watch a movie and be like, oh, this would be really, really great if it was gay. And then, <laughs> and then my brain just slots in Lena and Kara. It's incredible. Um, there you yeah. go, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for for I, I take inspiration from. Sometimes my friends will just say something, and they'll be like, "Oh, this would be a funny AU," and then I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to write it," <laughs> which is what's <laughs> happened a couple of times. Um, sometimes a, a couple of my fics have happened because I wanted to give them to people as gifts. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what would this person like? And then I, you know, sort of make a, a fic around it. Sometimes I'm inspired by like video games. Every once in a while, my girlfriend will just say something and I'm like, oh, that would make a really great line. And then I build a fic around it. <laughs> so do you feel like a writer now? Um, most of the time. Most of the time I feel like a writer. Sometimes I'll, I'll kind of doubt myself and do the like, oh, well, you know, I'm not like a real writer because I'm not published. And then I'm like, but I consider my friends who are fan fiction writers, real writers. So why don't I consider myself one? It's just one of those things that it's like, it's hard to, it it can be hard to give yourself a title that you feel like you don't deserve necessarily. But as time has gone on and I've written things that I'm more and more proud of, I've, it's been easier to call myself a writer because I'm like, I think this is good. I think this is worth being called a writer for. (laughs) Have you ever written something that wasn't good? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I look back on some of my older fix and I'm like, I would do literally everything differently if I was writing this now. So I don't necessarily consider them bad. Um, and mm-hmm. like a lot of people still like them. I just don't, they're not necessarily like what I'm writing, what I'm excited about writing now. Um, I think the only foray into writing that I ever did besides what I'm doing now was in like ninth grade, I wrote a very, like three paragraphs of a Glinded Alphaba from Wicked. Cause I, I, I had been reading a lot of them and I was like, oh, maybe I could write something. And I wrote three paragraphs and it was absolute hot garbage. And I was like, oh, great. I'm not a writer ever. <laughs> I just, I crumpled it up and threw it away. So that was definitely bad. Um, and there have been a couple of times where I've started on an idea that I really liked at the beginning and then I get into it and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't Lena and Kara. Like I, I had an idea that it could be them, but then it, it just doesn't fit them the way that I wanted it to. Um, mm-hmm. and then I, I just abandon it forever, <laughs> which is why I try not to talk about my works in progress until I'm into them enough that I know that it is going to turn out good. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, but I've—I mean, I've definitely written things that are bad. I'm sure that there are definitely people who think what I'm writing now is bad. It's just that, like, that's just how taste goes, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you can't please everyone. And yeah, you exactly. Can write this beautiful, sprawling piece of work, and someone would be like, "Eh, it's not my cup." Of tea. <laughs> yeah, someone would be like, eh, it's "And you'd be like, what are you crazy? <laughs> it's like God, the imagery here is this, and da 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 da." And you're like you're crazy i can't talk to you right now <laughs> yeah i mean everyone's got different tastes so to to someone out there i'm a terrible writer uh you know it's just it's just kind of how the human brain works but yeah i think that to, to to my like personal writing standards i've definitely written things that are bad and those things will never see the light of day <laughs> that's understandable yep so do you like writing them canon or are you pretty, you like, do they have to be canon for you? Like their characterizations have to be spot on or are you willing to be non-canon? 
I, 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 the way that I write them is I get their sort of core attributes from Canon. Like the, 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 I kind of have like a compass north for each of them that this is the core of who they are. Like Lena has trust issues. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like a big part of her character for me. Um, and like, like certain elements of their character, I derive from my interpretation of canon because everyone, like but we, two people can watch the same show and the same character and get two completely different interpretations out of them. But mine, That's true. yeah, my like core attributes of, of them come from canon and then I, I like to play with AUs because I like playing around with how those core attributes would shape who they are if they were in different circumstances. Like if they if if Kara wasn't Supergirl, if Kara didn't have superpowers, but she still has the, those core attributes that determine who she is, like how how would she have developed into a person? Um, and same with Lena, which is why <clears throat> in Vampire You, Lena is different than she is in canon. She's a she's a lot more like a little more severe. She's a little more sarcastic. She's a lot less trusting, um, and because her upbringing in that. AU that I'm writing is different, is, is worse than, the, somehow worse than the upbringing she had in canon. So uh, yeah, I, I like kind of playing around with who they might have been as people if, if they weren't in the context of the show. Um, but I have like certain characteristics about them that, that are like who they are to me personally. Um, but those are, I, I have friends who write them completely differently using completely different core attributes and I really like their writing. So I'm I'm flexible. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It it if you can take a character, make them your own, that's always a good way to process them out and synthesize them for other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of people have different Karas and different Lenas, and that doesn't mean that they're wrong or that like those are lesser versions of what anyone else writes. It's just who that person is in the writer's brain, basically. <laughs> exactly. And it just makes their their the breadth of their library that you can get to thankfully for through fan fiction because it's just such a far reaching with many voices. I mean, Supergirl only has the voices that employ it, the show, right? Yeah. So you have maybe the same ten showrunners who or show writers who do it over and over again and they've kind of created this amalgamation of themselves. Mm -hmm. And but you have the voices of like thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who all see a fandom differently and who are willing to put it out there. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's scary when they do it. But it, then it's also enriches it. It's like I don't know if anyone's seen that Tumblr post where there's that picture of that um, puzzle and there's a piece missing and it's the person who just needs to write this one fiction and when they put it in the puzzle piece is finished but the truth is that's not how it is yeah. in real life but it's just like you're just adding to the beauty that's out there yeah yeah exactly and I mean um you can't take you can't stick only to canon because in canon they forget their own characterization all the time True. <laughs> on the show they forget their backstory they they change people's minds on various things from episode to episode because they're all written by different people so mm -hmm. you, you can basically just choose the ones that you like from episodes that you like and be like, okay, this is who I think Kara is. But, you know, in a different episode of the show, she could be a slightly different person because of the person that wrote her. I think it's also important to have that in a, in a character itself 
not necessarily because it's the writers, but because they've evolved and their views have changed. Yeah, yeah. That definitely brings a richness as well. Yeah, people but, people change, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Lena, Lena, who Lena was in the beginning of season two is completely different to the character that she is now. And some people mm-hmm. really like that early season two characterization and they stick with it. And some people, you know, do it from like season three or season four, whatever it is, the the point of the Lena scale that they take their Lena from, it's all in the show. So are there any AUs or kind of themes that you don't like to write about or that you don't um, enjoy? Um, I'm not an angst person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Generally speaking, I've, like I said, I've written one angst fic out of 32. Um, and it took me a very long time. And it was, it was, and it came from like a, me wanting to see a single scene and having to construct an entire narrative around it, which mm-hmm. <laughs> was exhausting. So I, I find it emotionally taxing to read and write angst. So I tend to stray away from that. Um, I don't know. What else? I I love No Powers I use. I think that's pretty clear because that's a lot of what I write. Um, I like writing it because then you can just you can just circumvent like the issues of Kara being super strong and like snapping Lena in half accidentally. You know, <laughs> it's like it's a, a, otherwise you're writing smut and you're like, ah, to do a red sun lamp again. <laughs> So that's why Lena's a vampire. So she can. Exactly. I was like, look, I want them to have like earth shaking sex without Lena like breaking her pelvis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, great. Lena gets powers from Kara's blood. Done. (laughs) And she's a vampire. Even better. (laughs) Exactly. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know that there's any necessarily like. AUs that I that I don't enjoy reading and I like reading canon stuff as well um I like it slightly less than AUs a lot of the time because AUs tend to be more fun um mm-hmm. whereas like watching the show is kind of exhausting now <laughs> a lot of the time so reading yeah. about like canon of the show when I'm already irritated with the show can be a little more difficult but it doesn't mean I don't read it I still do because I like I like Supercorp so I just read whatever <laughs> I can well that's cool what kind of movies do you draw from for your like inspiration? Mm. Is it just rom-coms or like, would you ever, what's a rom-com you'd love to turn into a super corp? Oh, <laughs> or have you done that already? Um, I, the, the movie that I, I had wanted to do for a really long time and I finally did was Night's Tale. So that was like, that was the realization of a dream <laughs> writing that one because that's one of my favorite movies. Um, rom-com that I would like to see. I've, I, I have a friend, um, Roby, you might have re- read some of her work. She, she's the one that just started writing recently. Um, but she she has like six different rom-coms that she wants to turn into AUs. <laughs> she just has a list of them. And I'm like, that's going to be your thing now. So I, I can't like hijack her style by stealing an AU. But um, one that I'm starting to work on that I've really wanted to see for a long time is Coyote Ugly. Have you, Ooh, have you seen yeah. that movie? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, I've, uh, my girlfriend suggested it to me like two years ago when I was like, "There's no way that I'll be able to make that work." And now I feel a little more comfortable with like things that I'm not comfortable with, and so I'm like, you know what? I think I could do it. <laughs> so I'm sure you could do yes, it. I so mean, I've got some like rough. My preparable's character would be perfect for Cara. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And Lena is the uh, the the Irish person working eight jobs because her family won't pay for her education. 
you know? Oh my it's God. Perfect. Yes. Instead of an Aussie and Irish girl. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lord. So perfect. that's, that's like sort of being vaguely worked on right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I, if I told, got you to say something. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. That one, that one is like definitely happening. I just need to, you know, get my butt to work. I wrote, uh, Roby, right? She's the one who's writing, uh, lesbians of national city. I think. I don't know. Maybe. She's writing right now. She she's done a, a morning glory AU. And um, oh, that one. Yeah, and a um, wait. Uh, she did the wedding. The wedding yeah, the she wedding. The wedding date. Wedding date. Yeah, exactly. That's her. <laughs> That's her. And I'm that sorry. she was it wasn't the other. She one. was the one that I had to bully into writing. She was like, I can't write. I can't do it. Nope, absolutely not happening. <laughs> and that her the the idea was like poking at her so much. I was like, just write it. <laughs> Just write it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just write it. I was I was that Shia LaBeouf meme. Just do it. <laughs> and, she, um, <laughs> and she finally did. And she's and it, she's an awesome writer. And I was like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. So just, she's she's I, like the 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 encapsulment of that's not a word <laughs> encapsulation. She's she's the perfect example of just write it. <laughs> embodiment. Yeah, embodiment. That's the word. Thank you. I'm a writer. Uh, <laughs> that's okay I forget all my words sometimes too and then I'm like oh my god that's such a beautiful word resplendent I'm like I forgot I knew that word yeah, there you go. yeah so she's the perfect example of of if you have an idea like write it even if you think you're gonna be a bad writer you probably aren't so just do it yeah and even if you aren't a good writer you'll get better yeah exactly it's the muscle thing exactly. right you just got to keep doing it and then you know some people there's a lot of readers, myself included, who read bad writing because it's just like, oh, it's another Supercorp you want to read about. Yeah, It's okay. You know that they'll get better. And then you get to watch them progress. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, this person's getting so much better. Yeah, and the more that you encourage them, the more they're going to want to write. And the more they write, the better they get. Like, that's it's me with my, my Titanic AU was not incredible writing. But some people were really sweet about it, which means that I kept writing and I got better. You know? <laughs> Exactly. It so it's it's just some people, muscle. People it's who, the same as like getting stronger. Yeah, people who consistently still read work that isn't incredible and leave really nice comments. You are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> keep, you keep are at it. <laughs> you are the reason there are better writers. Exactly. Out there. Pat yourselves on the yeah. back. Well, I think this is probably a good place to stop. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Not really. All right, then. And we're done. All right, my lovely fan beans, that's today's show. You can follow and connect with Jazz for Char on Tumblr, Twitter, and AO3. Ask Jazz for Char. After that, come follow me on Tumblr and Twitter at Fandom Is Us and on AO3 as Ayaka Spencer. Don't forget, you can find links and more on the free companion post at patreon.com slash down the fandom hole. While you're there, don't forget to check out what other cool perks and benefits you can enjoy as a subscriber. And finally, a deep, heartfelt thank you to those amazing supporters who have already subscribed. Your reason this show is possible. Much love and aloha to everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs>